0: chapter 4 verse one. And this being the Christmas season um, it's going to be a, a little bit of a, a misnomer here but I'm I'm talking about preaching about today the greatest gift and I know the assumption there that you'll make but um, but we want to talk about that just a little bit the greatest gift. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 it says I therefore the prisoner of the Lord." Beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness and meekness. With long-suffering for bearing one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit. Even as ye are called in one hope of your, of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace... According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit of God, it has been, been a lot going on already this, this time of the year. Such a wonderful time, but it is a busy time. Busy time for the mind and and, and all the, the thoughts that go through our minds and the planning and families and, and everything that are, that's going on. Lord, I pray that you please right now help us to just have a, just clarity in our minds this morning. And, Lord, that I would have a clear mind. And, Father, I pray, please, that you would wrap your arms around us as a mighty hedge of protection. Lord, we need your presence, your power. Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee and ask you, please, guide me, guide my thoughts. Help me to say what needs to be said and help me to be encouraged when it help to someone today. I ask you, please in the name of Jesus. Amen. We saw that very last verse verse 7 says but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And of course a very familiar verse Romans 6:23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Jesus Christ our Lord. Then John 3:16 even more familiar verse says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life these verses all talk about this gift this gift of god and this gift of god of course being jesus christ and and this gift of salvation that's made available to us through jesus now the greatest gift is what we're talking about this morning the greatest gift would have the greatest value amen i mean Whatever the greatest gift would be, surely would have the greatest value. And the greatest gift, is it would be a gift of sacrifice. The greatest gift would be a gift of love. The greatest gift would be something, would, a, a lasting gift. Anybody ever got something for Christmas that didn't make it through Christmas? <laughs> My kids, uh, you know, when they are growing up, it was, it was mind-boggling how many things would get destroyed. And I had girls. But boy, before the night was destroyed, when I was growing up, my, my three other brothers, it, it, we could we could destroy anything very quickly. You know, I told everybody about the time both of us, uh, two of us got DB guns for Christmas, and we made those about three days. They didn't get broken. They just got confiscated. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, things just fall apart, and it's amazing. I think that's what they do. They make them so you have to get stuff replaced in them, but... But it should be a lasting gift. The greatest gift is a gift that's given freely. You know, that's, I, I, my wife says that, that, you know, that's something that I'm a gift giver. You know, and I do. I, I enjoy, I enjoy giving to other people. I enjoy giving gifts. I'm not opposed to getting them either, but, uh, but I enjoy giving gifts. I really do. But God sent his son as the greatest gift that could come to mankind. There is no this Christmas season. It's all about gifts and gifts and gifts and and I'm in that stage right now where where I'm looking at the the finances and telling Joe Beth we don't have money and she's saying but we still have to. Do you understand? We still have to get those presents. Nobody else married here. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying but but you understand it's not there, but Rob, we still. We got twenty three grandkids for our visitors um, uh, that is uh, that basically that means you take out a loan and you pay it off for the rest of the year but uh, but God sent his son as the greatest gift to mankind. First John chapter four verse nine says, and this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. He said this love was uh, this and this was manifested the love of God manifested meaning it was we were able to see it we, and that 's Jesus, Christ came, and he was manifested to us, and this incredible gift was given to us now this is without doubt the greatest gift, but there 's another gift, which is also the greatest gift, and that 's what I want to talk about today. Uh, there's another gift that's also the greatest gift and on your mind you're thinking there's no greatest gift they can't have two greatest gifts but you can you see the greatest gift that God ever gave to man was Jesus Christ well what's the greatest gift that man can give to God and that's what I want to talk about today the greatest gift that man can give to God uh, let me just—I warn you—I don't know how many of you are going to have vacations and that type of thing during this time of the year. You know, this is the time where we're supposed to—we're supposed to be uh, acknowledging and kind of uh, giving some emphasis to the birth of Christ. Amen. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, but, but you know, I used to say this all the time. But one of the most uh, non-spiritual times. Uh, you I know, worked with college students for all those years, and I would tell them, you know what, you're going to be as backslidden as the day is long when you come back in January, because you're going to get completely out of habit. You're going to get completely out of schedule. You're going to go home, and you're going to be off for two weeks, and the only thing that you're going to do consistently is eat. <laughs> and you're going to arrive back here, and you're going to sit up in the, in the pews for the first chapel service, and you're going to stare at me with, like you're in a sugar seizure. And you're just barely going to be able to survive through that first chapel service because you're just totally out of it. And I'm gonna just warn you, folks. You'll get out of schedule, but I'm gonna beg you. No matter what goes on, no matter how much, and we got all of our girls, all the grandkids, everybody's coming in town. Do you understand what that means? I won't see a bathroom for a week. <laughs> and they're all coming in. They're all going to be there. Can I tell you, they will want to play when they finally get the kids to go to sleep any night. Now, that means all the girls are going to want to stay up, and all the guys, and they're going to want to play games. Now, do you understand this? I hate games. I have have to think all the time. I don't want to have to... I'll play any game that's just total chance. Yeah, just throw it up there, and whatever happens, okay, I'll play that game. But if you have to think, don't make me do that. Because I'm also competitive. And I'm going to win. And I'm not opposed to cheating. I create my own rules in every game I play, man. Now, Now, look... But when that happens, and I, it took me a long time to learn this, but when that happens, you've got to be determined that at some point you're going to shut everything down and spend some time with God. You got to. Man, during holidays like this, it's been sometimes two o'clock in the morning when I finally walk out the door and te- go take a walk to go pray. And I've been stopped by police several times because what are you doing out here at two o'clock in the morning? But that's just what I do because I know that I can't. I can't get caught up in this thing. Where all of a sudden, when you're supposed to be remembering Christ, we remember Him less. Now, the greatest gift that man can give to God is not your wallet. So calm down and take it easy. It's not your pledge, promise, as we had our faith promise that you know for. For missions here recently it's not that it's not your labor it's not your possessions sometimes we think oh you know i just if i just work for god then he's going to be happy with me and i just want you to understand it's he's more interested in just your labor the greatest gift is when you give yourself to god that's just it. It's when you give yourself to God. Romans twelve one and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now that holy is H-O-L-Y. And God says that when you present your body, it's a sacrifice and it ought to be like the sacrifices of old. It ought to be without blemish. But can I tell you, it's also holy, W H O-L-L-Y, we need to wholly give ourselves to God because that's the way the sacrifices of old were given. Levit- Leviticus chapter 6 verse 20 says this, the offering of, of Aaron and of his sons, and they shall offer unto the Lord in the day which he is anointed, the tenth part of the ephah, of fine flour for meat offering perpetual, half of it in the morning and half thereof at night. In the pan it shall be made with oil, and when it is bacon, thou shalt bring it in. And the bacon pieces and the meat offering shalt thou offer for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the priest of his sons that is anointed in his stead shall offer it. It is a statute forever unto the Lord. Now listen to this. It shall be wholly burnt, for every meat offering for the priest shall be wholly burnt. It shall not be eaten. You know, God says wholly completely. God says a sacrifice when we give ourselves a living sacrifice is supposed to be all of us. Every bit of us. And that doesn't mean you know, somebody that's the preacher that's in full it's every Christian is supposed to give themselves wholly unto God. God even tells us how we are to wholly give ourselves, as in verse 2. You know, we read Romans 12 But be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God tells us how that we're to give ourselves wholly to Him. And He describes it here. Now, we're not going to talk about that uh, at this point, but that's where He describes how do you give yourself wholly to God. And said, Brother Hooker, why, why are we doing this? Well, I, I'm about to give you just a, a real simple uh, little illustration and give you a simple concept here that, that how we can give ourselves wholly to God. Because I know sometimes we talk about give our life completely to God. You know, that may seem a little vague. That may say, well, what does that really mean? Does that mean I shut everything down and, and, and I just read my Bible all the time? It's not what God's, God's talking about at all. But it, I want to challenge you to begin to give yourself wholly to God. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says, Hake heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, listen to this, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Now, the scripture says that Christ died for our sins. But it also says that the blood that he shed purchased the church he purchased the church with his own blood God gave his son holy to man but understand in that sacrifice and the shedding of blood he also purchased the church now what does that mean he did not die for a building he did not shed his blood for a building he, he didn't shed his blood for an organization he really didn't even shed his blood for a denomination what he did he shed his blood for a called-out group of believers. He died for the ecclesia, the church, those who have trusted Christ as Savior. We can meet in this room, or we can meet in the junior church, or we can meet in the parking lot, but we're still a church. That's right. yeah, and it's the church that Jesus shed his blood for. Therefore, if the church was worthy of the blood of Christ, and the church. Listen to this, please. This is such a simplistic sermon. Almost embarrassed about it, but the, the if Jesus shed His blood for the church, if it if the church was so important that it was worthy of His blood, would it not be worthy of our devotion? Amen. That's good. Amen. Yeah, you know, I. You know, I think the, the folks here, the, you said that they, you came from near Ripley, I guess. That's a little bit of a drive, folks. You know, the truth is it takes a little bit of determination and devotion to be able to serve God. Therefore, if the church was worthy of the blood of Christ, and the church must be worthy of our devotion. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 26. Again, very familiar passage, but he said, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice." sins you know folks the context of scripture is so important and so often we separate verses we take them and separate and bring them out and we use them separately but we don't look at contextually the love and good works we find in verse 24 let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works that love and good works is supposed to take place at the assembling of ourselves together But also, if you notice, for if we sin willfully, that sin that we willfully sin is to choose to be absent from the assembly. You know, this is always so hard because people that are here are saying, okay, well, you know, time out, we're here. But the fact is, is that next week somebody won't be here. And and look, this is not about attendance. This is not about just uh, trying to get a crowd here. And understandably, you know, uh, compared to what we had just two or three weeks ago, and, and consistently for for a month, we're, we're you know we're down in our drive-in crowd again. I'm not, you know, that's and I, but I, you know what? I faced that a long time ago, and and I understand that that thing is going to happen. We're going to have a roller coaster. But I'm going to beg you to understand this. You can't change everybody else, but you ought to understand that you ought to give your devotion to the church. So this is a little bit of a Sunday night message on Sunday morning, amen. have to do that every once in a while because you don't come back on Sunday night. Now, my challenge to you is to give God the greatest gift that you could give him for Christmas. Be in church. He shed his blood and purchased the church with his blood. So it must be pretty important to him. To assemble together is pretty important to him. You know why it's so important to him? He said it in Hebrews chapter 10. It's so important to him because it's where we encourage one another. It's where we exhort one another. It's where we learn from the Word of God. It's it's where we grow as a Christian. It's where we get strengthened in this wicked world by gathering together. Amen, somebody. Y'all don't look like it today. You know what? The truth is somebody ought to encourage somebody before you leave from here. Amen. Amen. Brother Foster has always been encouraged to me. Mrs. Foster, when he was laying in the hospital and, and having the eye surgery and, and I wasn't even voting in yet, I got there and I was sitting beside him and he said, he looked at me and he said, you're going to be our pastor. And he said, I'm just telling you, I'm voting for you. I said, well, I don't know if they're even going to vote yet, but he said, no matter, I'm still voting for you. He was an encouragement to me. You know what? We need to encourage one another. That's why I try to encourage Jay every time he comes in. You're going to make it through twins, buddy. You don't act like it, but you're going to make it. I'll even encourage Jessica. (laughs) It'll get better. All right. I shouldn't have lied like that. Now, I understand sickness and work and finances. I've been through it all. I, honestly, when you got six kids, I, you know, my wife has gone, uh, you know, six, eight weeks at a time where, you know, one of them would get over whatever it was, and the other one would get it, and then another one would get it back, and, and, and you know, I, I understand that. Uh, I understand all those things, and God also understands those things, but But I also understand that Jesus did not let anything stop him from going to the cross and going to shed his blood for the church. Point blank, we just make too many excuses. We got too many reasons. Kind of quiet today, amen? I'm just trying to get us. may we be a people who would be devoted and willing to give him the greatest gift that we could give him the gift that he so desires a gift that would be of great value to god a gift that would be a gift of sacrifice because there sometimes you don't feel well enough I, I, I told molly that she ought to have a, a, a do a special with amy today because between between the two of them they might have one voice because neither one of them can talk today but they're here praise god a gift that is a gift of love a gift that is a, a lasting gift a gift that is given freely you know the truth is i hesitate and you know i don't do this kind of kind of message very often because uh, the fact is i don't want people to come to church because they're intimidated to come to church or made to feel guilty because they come to church i want them to freely understand this is what god wants and i want to do what god wants and i want to grow for the lord you know i sat down and and, and many people have done this but you know there's 168 hours in a week Anybody realize that? Now I try to sleep the great proportion of those, but uh, um, but there's 168 hours in a week. If we tied our time to God, which is just the beginning of giving to God, if we tied our time to God, that'd be right at 17 hours a week. You know, if you if you think about the, the the service times and the thing that we have—they're they're not by accident. The truth is, if you if you had if you came to all three services in our in the week, including Sunday school, that'd only be about seven or eight hours a week, and that's adding a little bit of fellowship time. If you came to Saturday visitation, you would be here for you know maybe a total in the week, maybe somewhere, you know seven to eight, ten to eleven, you know maybe ten to eleven hours. You know, another couple of hours would be being there if you gave god an hour a day in bible and prayer one hour that's going to put you at about 17 18 hours a week that's just a tithe of our time to god that's giving god an hour a day in bible and prayer that's just coming to church and and not, you know where I used to go to church. I told them, you know, when we went to church up there in Indiana, we had to we, you had to take your camping gear because man, you went and you were going to be there a while. But we we really don't have that. We run our bus routes, and and you can run and, and drop them off in about you know we're growing right now, so it takes a little longer. But you know, thirty minutes, forty minutes, and you're done. If we took It down to just a day and said, okay, let's tithe for a day, you know, 2.4 hours a day. And if you just said, I'm just going to give Sunday to God, 2.4 hours, that's Sunday school and church, plus some socializing time. You know, the truth is, tithe is not just money. God wants us to give ourselves to him more than he wants us to give our dollar to him. Now, when we give our dollar, it represents some of our time because hopefully you had to do something to get that dollar. But the truth is God wants us to just to give him us. Shouldn't be pulling teeth to do it. What a wonderful place to start in our journey Of the greatest gift we could give to God if we just started. Okay, this month of December, if we just said, Lord, for Christmas, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to be in church. Every time. I'm going to be in church. He gave us the greatest gift, and we celebrate that birth. But as we give gifts to everyone, we, we could give the greatest gift to Jesus that I believe there, there is no other gift that we can really give that means anything. God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need any kind of present that we can buy. God doesn't need anything, but he wants us he wants my life he wants my devotion would we be willing to give ourselves to god and to his church as a present to god men and women have died throughout history so we could gather here today you know men and women have given their lives all throughout history so that we could we could gather here today jesus died so that the church could exist God just looking to us and saying, "Will you give back?" When, when Chris, forgive me, when Christmas Eve comes and all the family has gathered, what are you going to do? And I understand. I've been down that road, and I've I've been I've driven five hundred and fifty miles to come to family and been here at Christmas time. And and I'll be honest with you, it's pretty hard when nobody else is going and everybody else is at Christmas and everybody else is having all the things going on to look at my daughters and my wife and say, we're going to go. We're going to go to church. It's hard, but we did it. Sometimes we came to this very church and sat down in here on those days. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes we probably didn't look the sharpest because we waited to the last possible moment before we came. Because it's a tough thing to look at everybody but they think, it's just one Sunday, it won't hurt to miss today, but this is the very Sunday that we're supposed to be remembering Jesus. But I'm not talking about just Christmas Eve, I'm talking about every Sunday in the month of December. You say, why is this so important to you? Because I know what changed my life, I know where I came from. I know what I was doing when we didn't go to church a handful of times uh, my whole growing up years and when I went to Memphis State I know where my life was was headed and I know with uh, all those other guys in, the, in ball playing some of I saved today some of are dead and in jail or or, or or their homes are broken up it's amazing the chaos they live in that's where I was headed but that night when I trusted Christ as my Savior that set me on a path but watch this that didn't solve it all, I had to start going to church. And I don't mean just a a, a building. I'm talking about I had to go to a Bible-believing, God-fearing, blood-washed church. And it changed my life. You know, these are one of those stories you're going to hear about every six months, but I believe what changed my, my life and my direction was, was when I was playing softball for the police department on a Wednesday night. And we started going to church Sunday morning. We'd even found out that they had Sunday night services. Our church that we grew up in that I went to, you know, like I said, a half dozen times <laughs> my whole life, I, they didn't have Sunday night. But, but uh, we, they had Sunday night. And we started going Sunday night. Well, well surely that's, that's got to be all that they do. But I'm playing, I'm playing softball uh, on the, the police department team. I'm the captain of the team. I'm the rover. Uh, the, I, and, and anything goes in the outfield, that's my ball. And they know it. Get out of my way. And I'm out there, and it's about, uh, about the fourth inning. And it's right about 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night. And all of a sudden, every, it just came upon me, and I just like, I, I couldn't, I'm out there, I just caught the ball on the second out, ran toward the pitcher's mound, tossed it to him, kept running. My coach, the, the police chief, my boss looks at me, and he says, where, well, I can't tell you what he said, but he <laughs> said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to church. He said some other things. And told me we all go to church on Sunday. This ain't Sunday. I kept running, got in my little Volkswagen, and I drove to church, walked in, in my softball uniform, dirt all over me, probably still had my glove with me, and walked in and sat down. And this is what the preacher did that day. He stopped, because they're already preaching, he stopped and he said, pointed right at me and said Robert I'm proud of you and from that point on I didn't play softball on Wednesday night I went to church this is not hey this is not a place that we're gathering to get brownie points with God it's a place to learn to grow to get encouraged to get motivated, to get inspired, to get corrected. Amen. 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 And I'm going to keep talking until somebody else says amen. Jay, say amen. Well, maybe I can get a better one out of Jessica. No, thank you. Amen. Amen's got four syllables. Folks, this is... I struggled. Boy, I, I, I did this several days ago, and, and I've struggled with it ever since. I thought it's too simplistic. It's too in-your-face. It's too, it's not evangelistic. It's none of those. The truth is, it's what's life-changing. When we cross over and finally realize we're not coming in so we can feel better about ourselves this week, oh, well, I got God off my back. I went to church. Didn't hear nothing, didn't say nothing, didn't do nothing, but I went to church. Coming in those doors doesn't change your life. Letting God have your life changes your life. And when you do that, all of a sudden, things that you hear start sounding different, and, and it becomes different, and, and it means it, it redirects your whole life. You understand that I I will, I joke about it, but I'm going to get to to meet with my six daughters who are all standing beside men of God somewhere. And all my children right now, if they're well, they're in church. All my grandchildren right now are in church. And listen, that's not some brownie points for God again. That's what God did to a boy that, that had no clue about how to rear a family, no clue about how to, how to have a marriage, but God worked a miracle. But he did it by the things that I heard in church. And I'll say this last thing, but the you say, well, you know, I mean, isn't it enough to get Sunday morning As much as is possible, I try my best to make this, it's like a meal. I'm trying to give you a balanced meal, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So if you don't, if you miss one of them, you're not getting the same food that you would get on Sunday morning or Sunday night. Now, I understand, some of you, you're thinking, my goodness, I'm just trying to be consistent on Sunday. I understand that. And I'm thrilled that you're here. Please. This is not what I'm trying to say, but I'm I'm trying to say it, it will make a difference in your life. If we've been studying in on Wednesday night all through the book of Romans. We've been studying the book of Romans for for months. Can I tell you? We only only get seven or eight verses each Wednesday night, but this is life-changing. Every major doctrine that means anything to us in Christianity is in the book of Romans. It is so important that we learn the truth of the Word of God word by word, line upon line, precept upon precept. So, would you give a gift to God? It's Christmas. I'm just asking you this morning, wrap it up and put it on the altar for Jesus and say, you got me all month. You got me all month. And it's all going to culminate on December the 24th. And I'm going to be thrilled that I was able to give myself to you. Father I pray that you're blessed. Lord this has uh, not been the easiest of messages for me and Lord there's a lot of them that I enjoy more and there's a lot of them that I, I feel more intense about but Lord this is it's such a plain simple truth not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That's what Jesus said. He said, come together. When everybody comes together, come together with them. So, Father, please help us this morning. Please help us to just decide that we, we're we going to be as determined as Jesus was determined to get to the cross, that we're going to be determined as he was to, to get, shed his blood for the for the church and for our sins, Lord, that we're going to be determined to, to give back to God ourselves. The life that he has given us that we would give back to him. And, Lord, the, the, the wonderful thing is we have to realize we're the ones that will benefit from it. We're the ones that will enjoy it just like the financial tithing you bless us in so many ways but lord when we give our lives to you that's not like we're giving something away we're getting back so much more so lord i pray that you bless lord if there's one here this morning that does not know for sure they're going to heaven lord i pray that they would uh, would come to to let us tell them how they can know that if there's some that that want to know about baptism, maybe they've been saved but not been baptized, or, or to join the church, Lord, any of those, we'd love to talk to them, and, and love to talk to you out there if, if, if you're there, but Lord, I pray now that you'd please just bless this short invitation. Let's all stand, heads bowed, and eyes closed, and And we're just going to have a moment of invitation. And this is the invitation this morning. Of course, if you're not saved, if you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, which most I think I recognize most in here. But if there's anybody like that that has that doubt in there, I'd love for you to come and talk to someone here at the altar. But if you do this one thing this morning, would you just come and say, Lord, I want to give you myself as a Christmas present this morning. I'm giving you myself if God speaks to your heart about that if she plays if you had come to the altar just say Lord I'm wrapping myself up this morning I'm giving myself as a gift to you this morning Lord I, I want to commit to you that I'm going to be here I'm going to be in church every time I can be I will be Well, I know that this was not the most motivating message in the world. It wasn't, you know, what I call, you know, the home run message. But I'm gonna tell you this: I believe this with all my heart. It's such a simplistic truth, but if we would accept it, if we would do it, it would change us. God designed it that way. That's why it was so important to Him that He would die for it. And let me tell you, if nothing else blesses you this morning, you're getting out early. (laughs) That ought to make you happy. Can I get an amen on that at least? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, I love you and I hope you understand the the way in which I'm saying this. I'm I'm not doing this for my benefit. I've been a long time down the road. I know what I believe and I know that These little legs, they'll get up and go. I'm going to come into church. But I know what God did in my life, in my family, in my marriage, in my children. And it was because, and I'm going to say again, not because I sat in some pews or listened to some music or called it a, you know, gave that hour to God. It's because I came to a place that taught the word of God. And I realized these were not just words. This is not just talk. These are principles of life to live by. You know, a lot of people will say to, you know, over these years, they'll say, oh, man, you, you just, you know, you got all these rules and regulations and, you know, they call them convictions and standards. And I say, you know, that's not in our house. What we had was principles of life that would give us a better life. Amen. That's what they are. God taught us some principles that would give us a better life. Some of them were protective. Some of them were doctrinal, but but they are principles of life. Oh, I almost stopped too soon, didn't I? There you go, Miss Rochelle. Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. Just a second. Y- you thought you were getting out early? Oh wow. Okay, we got some rooms and. In- and, Michelle, Rochelle, you dealt with them, you talked to them, and okay. Let's just make sure and go back, you know, over with everybody and make sure. But let's just see here. Uh, Micaiah Jackson. Is that Micaiah? Did I say it right? Where's Micaiah? You're Micaiah? Did I say it right? Okay. Micaiah, did you trust Christ as your Savior? Okay. So I need you to, to make sure of that. Okay. And, Michaela Jackson. You, Michaela, did you trust Christ as your Savior? Do you, do you know for sure if you died, you go to heaven now? Okay. All right. And then, uh, Camya Jackson. You can't, is it, did I say it right? No. Yes. Did you trust Christ as your Savior? Okay. That's good. And let's see. What's oh, that's the whole Jackson family here, huh? And Auntie. oh, wow. Anteara? Antiera, is that you, Antierra? Do you trust Christ as your Savior? All right, God bless you. All right, are y'all happy about that? Yeah. Praise yeah. Lord, thank you. Yeah. Good God. And we will double check with them and go back over with them and go to their parents and different things, but we just want to make sure that they know they've got this settled in their heart. Amen. All right, Brother I don't know. close us in prayer. The stand will be dismissed. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the day. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the simplicity uh, of your word. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Lord, thank you for the church that has all these years uh, preached your word. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, and we ask you to go with us and give us safety as we travel. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.